Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the main show Mm -hmm. for the episode entitled, Poor Unfortunate Soul. Not souls, just soul. Just one. Just one. So thank you for listening, downloading, however you found us and are listening. We appreciate that so much. So I am looking quickly for my notes. So this is podcast episode 270. Yes. So the show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 270. Yes. My wife is having... Do you even hear me at all? I hear you fine. Okay, because I can't hear much of anything, but that's all right. Okay. It is what it is. All right. (laughs) So I want to... We're going to be introducing some things here today, some little additions to the podcast. I quickly want to thank everyone who has gone to our support page at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support and have chosen a way to support what we do here. We really appreciate that. And thank you so very much. Yes. We have some news. Excellent. Just a little bit of news. Also wanted to introduce some of our little bumper music. Great. So let's get to the news. All right. So the news is we made a blunder. And I want to thank Joanne, the listener, for emailing in and letting us know that Ernie Hudson played Poseidon, mm-hmm. not King Triton. Right. So he was King Poseidon. Right. So thank you for letting us know that. Yeah, we... We really kind of went a little too Little Mermaid with some of the stuff. I did. Apparently. I did. I, it well, was all I did me. too because I didn't really pay attention to the fact that she even said his name at the beginning. I, It didn't even dawn on me at the moment. So because they were putting so much Little Mermaid, we assumed that his name was King Triton. But, you know, it, thank you for pointing it out. And, yeah, it is Poseidon for sure. Yep. And we We will... did mention Poseidon, Triton, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and... Right. Uh, and Neptune, all you know, Greek, Roman, True. what have you. So, point taken, and pulled it out, will, but it is King Poseidon. Yeah, point taken. Thank you very much yes. for that. Yes. And I also want to mention also is RegalCon is coming up on yes, it is. May eighth through the tenth mm-hmm. at the Anaheim. The Wyndham Anaheim Garden Grove Hotel. Yes. Which is very close to Disneyland. Yeah, it's right down the street. <clears throat> and Regal Con's going on. There's going to be Q&A panels with the guests. There's going to be add-on things that you can get to the general admission ticket. Mm-hmm. There's a dance, uh, a, a ball, ball, actually, and a cocktail party. Cocktail party There's and a also a dinner. VIP mm-hmm. banquet dinner. Yes. And we are going to all three of those, as well as attending the convention and covering it for you. Yes. Yes, we will. So we're looking through and we're planning our fan podcast event that Mm -hmm. we're going to be doing there as well. So 
And but it's really exciting. Ten cast members are going to be there from Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. and it's really going to be a fun event. So we wanted to just plug that again and let you know. So there is a website that you can check it out. It's Regal con 2015.com so 2015 not spelled out correct that's yeah. right want to make sure we so regalcon 2015.com yes yes all right so that's going to be really cool and we mentioned it before this is going to be the only time that you're probably will get to meet and or take a photo with the cast members here so, in California, because in California, they're not going to yeah. be attending a lot of the typical things that they might normally attend, such as Paley Fest, which has come and gone, and they didn't have a panel this year, and WonderCon, WonderCon mm-hmm. and we're not sure about Comic-Con or yes. D23, but right. right now it's not looking very hopeful if they're not doing you know, WonderCon or Paley. So <clears throat> this, is the, this is the place to mm-hmm. be it is. in California right now. Now, now some people are probably well, saying, soon. "Well, gosh, that's kind of a lot of money to spend." I ha- I don't have, you know, I can't travel that far. I can't get there. You can still participate because I know they're going to have some live streaming events. Yes, yes. But the other thing is, is that they actually have a function where you can purchase autographs mm-hmm. for the from the stars that are going to be there, and for a little tiny bit of an extra fee than the normal photograph cost or autograph cost it they will ship them to you so go to the website and check it out if you can't attend at least you might be able to get a you know an autographed picture from the stars and the cast folks that are coming we're very excited about well all of them actually yep it'll be really fun and i also want to say that we will be interviewing liz and roxy soon Mm -hmm. And giving you some more up-to-date information. Right. And they're the ones who are putting on the event. Yes, indeed. They are the ones. They are, indeed. So, I think that's all I wanted to say. There, it, It's really exciting because there's little things that are happening all the time. Right. And if you follow them on Twitter, which you probably should, mm-hmm. Regal underscore Con on Twitter... And there's, they said there's a new, another new announcement coming, so right. be sure to follow us. Right. And it's really kind of fun. So we wish them the best, and mm-hmm. we are trying to support them as best as we can. Absolutely. And, and we'll definitely bring you the news as we have it. Yes, and I think we will have a giveaway in regards to Regal Con that we will announce on the First Thoughts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So... We will, uh, we want to, anyway, we got a giveaway for that and we'll talk about that tomorrow. So we will move on to our next section here, which is this. We had a chance to watch Poor Unfortunate Soul one more time mm-hmm. this morning. We're recording this really late. <laughs> so we are indeed. We watched it this morning, and I wanted to bring up a couple of things that I thought were really interesting, and mm-hmm. you had some thoughts as well. Let's see if I can remember those things. Okay. <laughs> it's been so, a while. The one thing that really hit me is Hook learning from Emma, the Savior, mm-hmm. how to be... A savior. 
Mm. And it's very interesting to to watch this progression, a pirate to someone who actually steps into the savior role to actually give someone a happy ending. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really an incredible thing because the weight of it, Emma really wrestled. Remember initially when August was telling her is that we need you to mm-hmm. be the same. We need you. And she said, if you're relying on me for all those people, you, you're crazy. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. I don't want this. Yeah. And it was a struggle yeah. for her. It was. And so now we see someone who has watched her struggle and and be a hero for these folks. And now we see Hook, a pirate come into this place and watching Emma in her highs and her lows and saying the only way that we're going to defeat the, these queens of darkness in this darkness that's coming mm-hmm. is I need to do probably the most difficult thing in my life is I need to give a happy ending to someone who I took it away from. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, I, the scene when he took Ursula's singing voice away reminded me of something that Rumpel would do mm-hmm. to do the worst possible thing to keep that voice away from Ursula's father, Poseidon, mm-hmm. so that he couldn't give her, give it back to her. Right. I was just, it, it was so, that was a low, low, low point. And no wonder Hook said, remember when Emma said, well, what did you do? Did you break her heart? And he said, no, worse. Yeah. And she probably thought, well, was it a a love that he sure. broke her heart or something? What happened? And then we learned that he took her singing voice away, which had a close connection with her mother, which is very important. And it calms people's soul. Mm-hmm. It was so important that he, the weight of it, taking it away in, in just a rush of, of anger and then he knew that the the toughest thing he really could do would be to give it back and give her her happy ending. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that's really what kind of spoke to me when we watched it again. Hmm. And he he did it on his own. And it was a dangerous thing because he went in secret. He used the shell to call her and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So it was that's the thing that really stood out. The, the second thing that stood out actually kind of connects with this a little bit is that, remember, Poseidon was living this life of revenge. Absolutely. Against this pirate. Right. Who, mystery pirate. Mystery pirate who we have heard killed his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting, I was watching, I was going, well, wait a minute. That was Hook. That, that, that's that's the way Hook lived his life, getting revenge to against the Dark One right. for killing Mila. And it was interesting, right. the, the conversation that they were having, they were basically suffering from the same type of thing. And so it's no wonder that Poseidon knew about Hook's revenge and, 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 his, sure. and his life of well, pursuing. I mean, who didn't in that, in the realm, know about Hook's quest for revenge on Mila's death. I, right. I think most people, you, you had to be living 
living, living under a rock if you didn't know about it. Because even under the right. sea, they heard about it. So, sure. I mean, you know. But but it was it. It's the parallel one thing, is what you the, were talking. The parallel, about. absolutely. Right. The the one thing that I think, if you don't know what someone is going through, it's hard to. It's hard to talk to them and and interact with. It's hard to understand them. But right. when you when you know where they come from, it's easier. And it was it was really really interesting the the parallel that I saw it just really stood out uh, the second time I saw the episode yeah so. yeah anyhow Ariel had the best line of the whole evening when she talked about the fact that villains are going things about it the wrong way while we were doing errands and things and I was watching the episode uh, the Jolly Roger from season three today. She had another, and of course it's, it escapes me right now because it's kind of later for us to do this, but she had a fantastic, very sage line. And I'm thinking to myself, I know you love August as the Yoda to Emma, but Ariel actually has been the Yoda to Hook twice now. Mm-hmm. So she did back in Jolly Roger. And again, I wish I could remember exactly what she said, but it was very wise words and very prophetic words. And then again in this episode, and it was interesting because we were talking about the slap in the episode. She hit him. Yeah. She slapped him like three times in the Jolly Roger. Mm-hmm. She slugged him across the face and then mm-hmm. she slapped him twice at least, possibly another time. And then in this one, she did the same thing. So it's kind of funny. That's their relationship. She slaps him in the face and then gives him sage advice. Yeah. <laughs> they have a very, very volatile physical friendship connection. Sort of connection, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also wanted to talk just a bit about that when I watched it again. August seemed like he knew that Regina was not in on the other Queens of Darkness's plan. Well, hadn't she had a moment alone with him to kind of tell him that anyway? I don't recall that. Not in this episode, but, but, I, but in I, a previous episode. I watched his face. Yeah. And when she had the ball of fire, he was kind of like, oh, I get it. Oh, you took the knife away. So, huh, okay. Then, then, But then later on, when they were back at Mary Margaret's apartment, he was like, what is she doing here? Like, he was afraid. Well, so maybe was, I misread his his response. My thinking is is that he was trying to pretend that he didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. If the, if in fact he knew, and I just I I've been watching so many episodes lately that I'm trying to not get them all mixed up in my head. But it seems like she had kind of hinted to him before this episode that she was not really in cahoots with these yahoos, and that he didn't need to worry about that. And it was a very quick thing, like, I'm not, I'm not, you know. And so, or maybe she hadn't up to this point, and that was why. Because it, it didn't seem to me, I didn't get the same feeling that when she had the fireball, he thought she was, yeah. you know, okay. play, you know right. play acting. I didn't get that. But I did definitely get that he realized it towards the end at some point. So. I think the other thing I wanted to talk about is I got a question on Twitter about how we felt about hook and emma and let me kind of give you my my thoughts on that okay based on what i've already said it's really like hook has come into his own that for a long time hook has been in emma's shadow 
he has loved her from afar and loving her near now. And the discussion between him and Emma in the sheriff's office, she said, I'm going to, I'm going to think the best of you. I'm not going to think the worst anymore. And I think watching all this now hook is not taking on the savior role, but I think he's realizing that everyone can do their part to do something good and do something right. And it even includes something tough, difficult. And so that's what I think is that hook has learned. And even Emma was trying to correct him. It's like, look, look, I know you're upset, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, killing him with the dark one dagger is not going to do you any good. So just, just calm down. We're going to take care of it another way. Yeah. But I think after that, he realized, and then actually going through all those flashbacks and seeing the parallels, mm-hmm. he, he in present day Storybrooke, finally learned. And then at the end, he got scared. And then he said, I realize now, but dun, 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 Emma is my happy ending. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that. Mm. And now all the good things that he's done, he realizes can be in a precarious situation because I believe he, when he saw Poseidon, he remembered his old life. And that's what he was saying. Yeah. It's, it's easy to slip back into that old because the discussion about the dark one dagger. Right. So, I mean, that's what I think is he realizes his own frailty as human and also the, what's important and why he needs to continue on. But he's scared well, sure. of falling back. And sure. so that's what I think. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I mean, I've always been, you know, happy with their watching their budding romance as it were um, unfold over the last couple of seasons. And so, yeah, I've always loved Huck and Emma. We still don't know. The full, we haven't heard the last of Bell yet. I know Bell has mm-hmm. taken a lot of heat and even little comments from us here, but I think we haven't heard the last of Bell. We were all cheering from our living rooms at the end of 4A mm-hmm. when she banished uh, Gold, Rubble Stillskin. Yeah. But, you know, now I think hopefully she is learning and I think she may get some help because she was just so stunned. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he tricked me. I can't believe it. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I, I wonder, we haven't really heard the full story about her and Will either. Kind of nope. how that all happened. Right. I think Anastasia might come into play or maybe so. it'll be discussed somehow. I do hope so. I want to see what happened. How did he get there? All that stuff. We need his backstory. I don't understand why we haven't seen it yet. No relationship is ever perfect. And it's no. n- it is never without any type of struggle, something. Yeah, yeah. And so that makes it stronger. All right. Before we get to our emails, I just wanted to talk about Regina's dream. Mm-hmm. And when we see the evil queen, mm-hmm. that is Regina's past. Right. And then we see Regina with Robin, which would be either her present or her future. It's yeah, I would say more future. Right. Okay. And and so that's that's really what I took away from it is 
that maybe it's something deeper that the writers are going to go with. But that's what I saw is the past trying to attack the future well, preventing in the fear. the future. Okay. Actually, yeah. the past, because the, the evil queen throwing the fireball at them and mm-hmm. her waking up. Yes. We don't know where the fireball was aimed. Yeah. Okay. You know, was it aimed at something preventing the future from happening with Robin? Or was it aimed at that, you know, the, them themselves? Do you know what I mean? So, yes. for example, was there something behind them that Regina didn't see that the evil, that right. her past was right. going to help protect, you know, Robin and her, the future that she has with Robin from, you know, that's what the evil queen was trying to do is protect them from whatever it was going to, was going to harm that, mm-hmm. that future. Or was she, does she subconsciously think that that whole past thing is going to ruin any chances she has at a future with Robin? Yes. And Hopefully dreams. That made all sense. Yeah. And dreams are so difficult anyway to understand yeah, they are. and to read. So I think it's very. It's very interesting. They're they're kind they, of going there and discussing it. They frequently it and, are not very. You can't take them literally. No. But no one was falling. That's kind of a famous nightmare. <laughs> dream is falling. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. and a voice cracking. <laughs> All right. Oh, let's not do that. Let's do this one. We always have fun emails, so I figured mm-hmm, we would have too. some fun email music. The first one is from Chris Tipton. So, wow, what a spectacular episode. The show is getting better and better each week. I'm loving it. Before, I wanted to throw my hat in the ring as it were about the plot holes and inconsistencies. I feel like people need to calm down about this. There hasn't been anything major, in my opinion... So basically, Chris is saying, you know, hey, I know that there've been there's been talk about plot holes and inconsistencies, but honestly, where are they? There's nothing major. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's four seasons deep; it's bound to happen. And then you know, Chris says, I'd say just let it be and enjoy the show for what it is. Now off the soapbox and on to the points. Yes. And uh, so Regina speaking through Snow was so good. I laughed so hard at it all at that. Well, yeah. So it it was re- really interesting. And Jennifer Goodwin, fantastic actress. Yeah. Oh, she absolutely. had the mannerisms down she so did great. She did indeed. <coughs> it was so fun to watch her be Regina. Yeah. Just, yeah, it she was. was talking. It was great. So uh, unfortunately, we move on. Belle continues to disappoint, unfortunately. Yeah. They practically spelled it out for her, and she still couldn't connect the dots. She's a far cry from season one, Belle. Well, true, true. Yeah, but- I would agree with that. And the funny thing is that she didn't really expect things to happen the way they did because, again, she had the dagger. So in her mind, there was no way Rumple was coming back. But the problem is, is that she fell for the faux hook, right? Easily because Rumple made it seem like he he knows Hook and he knows his mannerisms, like you said. I mean, we're talking about Ginny knowing how to play Regina because she knows Lana's mannerisms so well, and yeah, Rumple absolutely knows how to play Hook. So, well, remember, 
Rumpel fell for the faux bell. He did. In Neverland. He so, did. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're yeah. not immune to this, apparently. Right. They're very much not immune to it. So, anyway. But Bell, in this situation, will let Gold and Rumpel be mm-hmm. stronger and, you know, worse in this situation. Right. So, if Bell was on top of things, there, there would really be no full story on the other side. Correct. I understand where Chris is coming from. Oh, totally. But on the other totally. hand, the full scope of what we're talking yeah. about, she has to not be aware. However... Like we've seen with 4A, something big is coming, and Belle will not be duped forever. Right. She will figure it out. She will. She will. For sure. They continue to cheapen the portals. In season one, we were led to believe all there was was magic beans. Well, in mirrors and different things. There are other things that were mentioned, but we've never seen them. We've only seen, we only saw magic beans in the first and hats, and hats, magic hats, magic and doors, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. So there was that, but yeah, I, I understand. I I get the gist of where Chris is coming from. Not so now. I can't even count all the ways they revealed since. That is absolutely true, right? So there's there's portals in the stars and portals in the ocean, and yeah, right. And the rules on portals have changed vastly. It seems from the original. Yes. rules that we knew from season one. So no, I I totally see where Chris is coming from. I like the turn they took with Emma, saying Gold wants to turn her completely dark for good forever. Meaning forever, yeah. yeah. Makes a lot more sense than just saying she was she has the potential for great darkness or light. Yeah. So. August was so good in this episode. I loved getting a reference to the dragon from season two. You and me both. I have a list of things, and two of the things on my list are I wanted to hear more about the dragon, mm-hmm. and I want Snow to play that little flute, that danger flute oh, that the, the huntsman reed. gave her. The little So if you're ever reed. in trouble, use yeah. this. Yeah, and the, she never yeah, did. Graham gave it to her. So, and the dragon. I wanted to yeah. always know more yeah, about yeah. that. Hopefully, he'll play into this somehow. I wish that it would have been in the episode, Enter the Dragon. That's what I thought. But it wasn't about him. It was about Maleficent. That was the point. Yep. I love the inclusion of August's built-in lie detector. You know, and it worked. It, Yeah, I think it worked better the second time I saw it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The effects were great. Cruelly faced when Rumpel turned August into wood was priceless. I think that was supposed to be Cruella. Oh, Cruella. Sorry. Because cruelty right. is a word, and so Cruella's face when right. when Rumpel turned him into wood was pretty priceless. It was kind of amazing. She was like, "Whoa, wasn't yep. expecting that." All right, and I did catch uh, Chris's response about the Facebook and spelling. So, mm-hmm. sorry, it yeah. was Cruella. All right, it was meant. It was questioned if they would go f- full torture mode on a family show, and they did, and. Rumple threatening threatening to burn his face off was super dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was True. pretty was pretty dark. I love that they were. I love that we're getting more about the author. Mm-hmm. The sorcerer trapping him in the book makes sense, but why? I still say the door is in Jefferson's hat. The hat is in Storybrooke, after all. Uh, Sp- Spencer did burn it, so that's a problem. But I'm sure. That they can find a solution. Right. 
So remember Spencer burned the hat? Yes. Back in season two, I think. Okay. End of season two. I don't know. There's been a lot of things happening. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. remember Spencer destroyed it because he didn't want them to be able to go back to where they needed to. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is is that, yeah, the hat's destroyed essentially. So that'll be a trick and a half. But I would love to see Jefferson again. That'd be awesome. Yes, indeed. You so, and a lot of other people. Yeah. Well, he was pretty awesome. So, okay. Anyway. What about the next section? Um, okay, so this is the the section of the email is about the ba- Ursula's backstory and the redemption. So it was really cool getting to see Killian working for Pan again. I think they referenced every major arc in this episode. Poseidon was a great character, and I'm glad they didn't just call him Triton. Yeah, we talked about that earlier, but anyway. The Disney Force was already strong enough at this episode. Speaking of Disney, I love how Ursula's story paralleled Ariel's from the movie. It's amazing how they managed to make me go from not giving a crap about Ursula to loving her in the next episode. They do that a lot, don't they? They make us not care about these villains, and then you see their backstory, and then you really do understand them and care about them. And I have to agree, I really kind of didn't care much for Ursula. But I I have a little more sympathy for her. And the girl they got to play, the young Ursula, was beautiful yes. and just very sweet young lady. And I feel like I've seen her before. I don't know. I'm going to have to look her up. But anyway, um, everything that happened to her was truly cruel and made me sympathize with her wholeheartedly. I wonder who the pirate was that killed her mom. We wondered the same thing because we yeah. don't believe it was Hook and we don't think it was Blackbeard. So there are a number of other pirates. Barbosa, maybe? Captain Jack Sparrow? Would that not be kind of cool? And yet wrong, because I can't Right, hopefully fathom. it would have been a mistake, Jack and maybe they just didn't... Yeah. Jack would not have killed her. Barbosa, maybe. But anyway, uh, Davy Jones would have definitely been the one. He was a pirate at one point. Yes. Um, uh, Chris says, Blackbeard, perhaps? It was nice to get the correlation between the Ursula goddess we saw in season three and this one. And by the way, that was one of the things that I did remember from watching it. She was not Ursula that we saw in season three. She was named after the Ursula right. we saw in season three. And she made that point of telling that story in part of the backstory today. So young Ursula may- mentioned, you named me after the goddess. So I'm going to be like her. And that's when she turned herself into an octopus because that was what the original Ursula goddess was. So two completely different Ursulas. Yes. Makes it real interesting. Right. Um, anyway, so I'm gl- so glad they redeemed her without killing her, although I'm surprised it was done so early. We felt the exact same way. But it is kind of cool, so we'll see what happens. Her reconciling with her father was one of my all-time favorite moments and brought me to tears. Well done. I wonder if we will see her again. This was a phenomenal episode. 9.9 out of 10 leather pants. Right on. And you mentioned there's a lot of leather wearing going on. Oh, absolutely. In the cast, so... It's one of Eduardo's favorite mediums to work with, I guess, costuming-wise. Yeah. And it fits because back in the day, that's what they would have had to wear. They didn't, you know, it's not like you could go down to Old Navy and pick up a shirt or two or get the Gap or... No, not true. I mean, fits, you know what I mean? They didn't wear a lot of cotton. But Regina had a well, yeah. leather skirt. And, absolutely. So, they all yeah. had leather everything. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, there's that. That was uh, Chris's email. Thank you, Thank Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. You Oh, you want me to continue? Please do. Okay. 
All right. This next email is from Trace. Hi, Jeff and Colleen. Well, actually, hi, Colleen and Jeff. Yes. Sorry, I got top billing. (laughs) (laughs) Another fun and enjoyable episode. Love the Ursula Little Mermaid Greek mythology mashup. I've been humming the mermaid song all week. Me too. Me too. Poseidon being her father was very cool and using parts of the original story like the mermaid summoning soldiers, sailors with their singing. Do you think we'll see Ursula again? I, it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised. And I would wager possibly in the finale for this season, maybe. Possibly. And if not, maybe we'll get to see her next season. You never know. We didn't see her be evil at all, yet she was banished from the sea. Her mother was killed by a pirate. Blackbeard? Um, that seems to be a popular theory. Yep. And I'm. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Because we know that he was harassing folks in Arendelle, including Elsa and Anna. Absolutely. So it wouldn't surprise me. He was a pretty bad dude. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the same will happen with Cruella. Backstory, happy ending, then adios, muchacha. (laughs) I would agree with that. I would agree. That's kind of what we think is happening. Then the focus will be getting Maleficent's baby back. All three villainesses getting their happy endings this arc, which hopefully means it will be back and join the good guys against Rumpel. He doesn't deserve a happy ending yet. He has a lot of work to do to deserve it first. Amen, amen, amen. I would agree with that. Now, let, let's think about this for just a second. And it really hasn't dawned on Rumpel, Cruella, or Maleficent. Right. Is that the happy ending that Ursula got mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the author. Absolutely. So that's almost a moot point. Correct. To me, Correct. I would have I gave up at that point and said, it's really not worth continuing to look for this author. So. Well, again, they should have talked to Ariel because she would have told them that they're right. going about it the wrong way. Yep. And if they were really paying attention, like you said, if they're really as smart as be, you know, they're supposed to be, they would know that Ursula isn't the one who ratted them out, number one. Number two, she got her happy ending from Hook. That would lead them, and if they understood anything and knew her backstory at all, that would tell them exactly what needs to happen. But maybe they don't know her backstory, and maybe that's why they're not jumping to the right conclusions. They're still, they're also pretty hell bent on their revenge. They want their happy endings the way they want them, and they want to destroy everybody else's. You know, all the good people, they want to destroy them, take them down. So it's, uh, yeah, we'll see how that works itself out. All right, uh, back to Trace's email. Side note, I am so torn. The reason I fell in love with the show was Belle and Rumble. My nickname for my husband is Beast before the show even started because no one sees the real him but me. And many wonder why I've stayed with him so long. But he loves me and I love him and I get to see the man no one else really does. When this story arc was established and he was her beast, it really did hit home for me. I have hope that they will work this all out, but she has a lot of forgiveness to accept. And I understood why she did what she did and how she's trying to find some inner peace with Will. You know, that's 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 an interesting thing because you're right. I mean, this show hits on so many points for so many people in so many different ways. And, you know, I, I get having, you know people in your life that have maybe more intense personalities, shall we say? Um, Because I don't want to make any assumptions, so I would just rather say that. Um, But I I think it's great that you um, love each other and that this is is spoken to you. So 
pretty happy about that. Well, and I think it's sweet, too, that we do see this in real life is Mm -hmm. someone can see inside someone else. You really see, you know, the the, the real person instead of whatever. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So... Uh, Trace goes on in her email back to it. I believe that her and Will are rebounding and will end up helping each other and becoming close friends like Alice was to him. I'm so intrigued on how Will fits into the whole story. I absolutely agree. I'm dying to know how he ended up where he did with these folks. It just can't be some random, hey, we really love Michael Saka. He did so well in Wonderland. Let's just throw him in here where we can. They really need to fit him into the cast and into the story because he's so fantastic. And they really need to bring Anastasia here, even if it's just for a little while. And who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, that's what's going to happen is we will actually see the Will and Anastasia thing and how that's going to play out because maybe Anastasia will come back and she will be evil Anastasia again. I don't know. But I, I agree. I love I love Will, and I, I think that, you know, they're underutilizing him. And so I hope they get to it. If you're listening, producers, get on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so Bella's worse at keeping secrets than Snow, but nice that they didn't drag this plot out, and they all know Rumple is back. I really hope Hook was Hook when Ursula was... Uh, she was when she was spelling his plan. All the scenes with August were great. I was so hoping we'd see the nose come into play and was not disappointed. It seemed like Regina was protecting him, and I liked seeing her remain strong. The scene in the cabin with Ursula was awesome. The Scooby Gang showed up and did good. Nothing better than a frying pan knockout delivered so well by Bandit Snow. All we needed was flying little puppies over Corolla's head if she got knocked out. And oh my, that scene with Hook and Emma when she finally realized that she was his happy ending and they kissed with that single tear on her cheek and sort of a bit of boo-hooing here. That was very, very emotional. It was a very emotional scene because I think a lot of girls kind of feel like she does that, you know, yeah, he's pursuing me. He's been pretty insistent and he says pretty words, but he's a pirate. But for him to actually tell her, Mm -hmm. really, you haven't figured out that you're my happy ending? I mean... Wow. Yeah, that was pretty emotional. It was a great scene. Really and enjoyed that a lot. Also, the, who is her happy ending? Or what is, what is her, her happy ending? Happy. Right. I don't think it's going to be Hook. I think it's be going to be bigger than that. Oh, I think I think so it's going to be her mom, you know, fixing the issue with the not telling, not holding things I back. I think her happy ending is going to be to make sure that everybody else gets theirs. Okay, all right. And then that will give her hers. Because I think Henry is her happy ending, as is Hook. True, I think true. it's going to be everything. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's any one particular yeah. thing. Because you've got Henry in the mix. Hook has her, but Emma's got Henry and her family. And I think giving everybody the happy ending is what's going to be the the happy ending for Emma. That's just me. But anyway. Uh, let's see. I'm not convinced that Hook was ever really a villain, to be honest. Well, evil anyway. Because he really, you know, he did some piratey things, but all in all, he's always had a good heart. I would agree with that a thousand percent. What do you think of Regina's dream? Why was Evil Queen trying to protect Robin from Regina? And I think, I don't know that she was trying to protect Robin from Regina. I think she, I think it was meant to be, like we mentioned earlier, a little earlier, it's one of two possibilities is that Regina is afraid her past is going to prevent her future with Robin. 
I think that the other thing could possibly be that there may be something behind her in her dream that she doesn't realize that the evil queen part of her is going to have to come out to protect their future together. So it's, you know, it's either going to prevent her from having a future or it's there to protect her future from something far worse than, you know, what, you know, what the evil queen could do. So we'll see. We will see. We will see. Uh, things that made me go, Hmm, what's up with Henry? Where has he been? Maybe he'll jump in blues clues style to the book and they'll all have to get him, go get him or the door will appear and only certain people can go through. And the whole Jolly Roger thing was a bit rushed. They must need that ship back for an upcoming plot is all I can think of. Very convenient. Even though I love seeing Ariel in that cute little ship in a bottle. Elsa can shrink ships. <laughs> Try saying that too fast. Right, That's going right. to be come out really wrong. Uh, nice. She does have other powers. She can ina- bring inanimate objects to life like snowmen and create can create things like ice skates, so why not? Love the reference anyway. Holy long email, Batman. Sorry, big love once there's Trace. Uh, thank you, Trace. And yes, I do think that that's kind of an interesting thing. How are they going to deal with the author? If he's trapped in the book, who's going in after him? How are they going to get in there? Is it going to have to be Henry? Is it going to be Emma? Is it going to be, is there going to be a way to bring the door out of the book and put, make it happen in real life? Because I mean, Regina even pointed out to August, look, this page, this page that Robin just appeared to Robin depicted something that never even happened. So how does that work? Right. You know, it's going to be real interesting to see how that kind of plays itself out. And I know that having read a little bit ahead on the titles for the rest of the season, I'm pretty sure we're going to we're going to see some stuff towards the end there. Yes, I have a couple of things before we go on to the next email from our Facebook page. Okay. Feel free. If you have not already, you can go to facebook.com slash O-U-A-T podcast and like us on Facebook. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there is a couple of great little messages here. One is from Elizabeth. It says a centaur is half man, half horse. Mm-hmm. A satyr is a goat. Is a goat. Yes. So. All right. And I want to read a message from Cindy. So correct me if I'm wrong, but now there are two pages of the book which have been removed. The door page and mm-hmm. Regina's happy ending page. The door in that picture appears to be from the same room we saw in Jefferson's hat. The main person who would want that Regina Robin story unwritten is Cora. Suppose when Regina pushed Cora through the mirror, she landed in the hallway of doors. She somehow entered the author's door and found the author writing Regina's and Robin Hood's happy ending story. Cora would be furious. I could picture Cora ripping the page from the book and trapping the author of the book in the book, demanding he write her a proper happy ending. I could picture her taking the book and the torn page, leaving the author's room closing the door, then magically turning the door into paper. Next, she would enter the door into Wonderland, where she would live and eventually meet Will. Will, the handsome thief, whose lovely Anna was turned evil by Cora. I think Robin stole the Regina slash Robin page from Cora. From Cora. Remember that page of young Regina and Robin Hood was never seen in Storybrooke until Will suddenly arrived under Snow's curse. 
and it was found in the library by Robin, who was accompanied by Will. It just appeared in Robin's bag as Will looked on. Will is in our story for a reason, and I think his story is bigger than Belle's temporary love interest. Will also wants a happy ending, and I don't think it's Belle he's looking for. It's a fantastic theory. Yeah. It's actually a really, really solid, fantastic theory. And if that's not how the story goes, they really missed the boat on that. Yes. I like it. I think it's fantastic. And she's absolutely right. It was a she that said this, right? It was yes, Karen? Cindy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Okay. Good. I want to make sure I don't want to accuse somebody of being the wrong gender. Um, that is a fantastic theory. And she's absolutely right. Cora would not want to see Regina with Robin at all because mm-hmm. Robin's not royalty. And that was the whole point. So interesting. Very, very interesting. Loving it. Loving it. Thank you, Cindy, so much for that message in Facebook. Fantastic. We really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I think think I'll take over. I just wanted to kind of switch it a little bit. Feel free. All right. So this email is from Katie. It says, hi, Jeff and Colleen. I liked Ursula's story. It was a nice twist on the sirens and the Little Mermaid. Young Ursula had a nice voice. Although I'm glad Ursula got a happy ending, I thought it would take longer. You and me both. Mm-hmm. It was very. It, mm-hmm. it was great, but I just it was surprising. It was surprising because I. Anyway, yeah, I just wish it took a little longer. Yeah. It was nice to see Ariel again, especially since she saved Hook. Hopefully, something could be done to save her kingdom. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was expecting the author to be trapped. Are you sure? I wasn't. I was not expecting the author to be trapped behind the door in the book. The main question is who trapped him in there and why? Right. And like I said, Cindy has yeah. Cindy's theory is pretty solid. I hope August stays for a while. You and me both. I have a feeling that if Emma turns evil or is about to turn evil, he would be the main one to get her to join the good side again. True. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Yoda before. He could be the Yoda again. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Though Hook and Henry might be helpful as well. And again, that's true. true. Mm -hmm. Have a great day, Katie. Thank Thank you you much, Katie, for that email. Thank you lots. This is from Brad. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. I sure hope you and the listeners are having a relaxing weekend just stretching out your tentacles. (laughs) I had a Manny and Petty today mm-hmm. and a massage. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm I'm relaxed. That's good. All right. And I had an app. I'm still sore from my <laughs> bruised tailbone incident this week. Hang in there. Yeah. Trying. All right. I will continue with Brad's email. Sorry about that, Brad. Uh, now on two things I learned this week on the episode, Poor Unfor- Unfortunate Soul. Number one, Winston went from chasing ghosts to killing pirates. Yes. That's true. That is a great Ghostbusters reference for those that do not know. Yes. And I didn't bring up who you're going to call in first thoughts. (laughs) No, you didn't. It was brought up in other podcasts. Nothing against that, but not me. Right. So, Number two, Regina is an excellent ventriloquist. Isn't that the truth? She is. She's great. And... You don't even see her lips move. Snow is a beautiful channeler. That's true. (coughs) 
Number three, when planning a surprise party, keep Belle in the dark. She's terrible at keeping secrets. Wow. <laughs> Poor Belle. Mm-hmm. Number four, it's not polite to insult the size of a man's ship. I could say that is true. Especially a pirate's. That's true. Poor Will. And he probably thought he was going to get slugged again. Number five, <laughs> August is now perfect for the remake of Roxanne. Yes. <laughs> and again, for those that are maybe a little young and don't know, Roxanne was a great movie in the late 80s, early 90s. Steve Martin, Daryl Hannah. Quite amusing, and it was based on the play Cerno de Bergerac, so highly recommend it. Yeah, it is It is a very – I think it's a heartwarming film about someone who has dealt with something that would really crush other people. Right. He had a very – he had very a long nose. long nose. And he – there's a great scene in the bar where this guy starts to kind of make some cracks about his nose. Yeah. And he goes, he goes I'll make you a bet. You, know, you, you buy – you you do something and i'll give you 30 or 50 uh, you know lines about my nose jokes about my nose and he did oh he, he sat he there and he just the, you know yeah. and he named off different subjects oh my time gosh. of year you know it, they were they were unbelievably yeah, so. brilliant and funny so so yes anyway. roxanne very yeah. yeah i also highly recommend the original Cyrano de Bergerac but roxanne was a great movie so yeah, Steve anyway. Martin at his prime. Yeah, was. All right. And number six, when Ursula finally has children, those eight hands will be a godsend. Yeah, that's true. And we don't know. She hasn't changed herself back as yet. Not sure she can. Not sure she wants to. Okay. Right. We'll see. All right. Number seven, no timber for Cruella. She's into the scruffy looking nerf herders. <laughs> That's a reference for our friends Sarah and Richard. Yes, it is. Over at Skywalking Through Neverland. Yes. Dot com and the podcast. Yes. And some of you Star Wars fans probably get that too. Mm-hmm. Number eight, always lock the back door when planning a villainous scheme. That's right. true. That should be in the beginner's class. Because those who are good at banditry, like Snow is. I love that word, by the way. I do. I have to use that every time I have an opportunity. Those that are very good at banditry, like our little friend Snow, will find themselves in your house that way. And keep the Rapunzel cast iron skillets put uh, away, locked up Rapunzel somewhere. would tell you cast iron skillets, the way to go. And actually, Flynn Rudder's like, I got to get me one of these after yeah. he saw her wield it. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I had a friend who actually got knocked out from somebody hitting him over the head with a cast iron skillet. We kind of thought that was dumb, but they were kind of young and stupid at the time. So, wow. anyway. You had some friends. Number nine, yeah. threatening a deity is not the smartest of plans. That's true. No, but the irony is, is that he was pretty mellow considering he was pretty powerful. Because if he had been threatened, most other deities, you threaten them, they would have just barbecued, you know, hook right then and there. They wouldn't have even hesitated. No questions asked. They would have just been, zap, yeah. and then he would have been done. So he was a pretty chill deity, even though he was being threatened. And it is not a wise idea. I'm not saying go ahead and do it. But if you're going to do it, you know, Poseidon's the one you, you got to, you know, insult. Number 10, don't put Mr. Smee in charge of keeping tabs on the food cargo, no matter how much he begs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's Mr. Smee. Funny. Yeah. Pan's easy to take care of. Just bring him yeah. some cakes. 
and hopefully you're not needing 200 and you need like 180. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Observations. Fathoms below. After hearing Ursula sing Fathoms Below, it makes me think that a singing episode could be amazing and was done right. Jeff, you can begin your sighs and moaning now. I would love to have a musical one because I'm uh, dying to hear Josh Dallas sing. Oh, uh, well, I was doing a little reading, and uh, Lana has studied vocals for years. She, she, that's what I understand. I, I'm trying to figure out who in the cast can't sing because it yeah. sounds to me like most of them can't. We all know that Granny. Beverly Elliott. Oh, absolutely. Is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we know that we've heard Snow sing, and she's pretty decent, actually, the little bit we did hear. Well, yeah. She's Sophia the First. She sang for the Disney cartoon. Uh, Jenny did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, there you have it. So, I mean, I haven't heard it, so obviously I'm going to need to go check it out, but I imagine she's very good. You know, and I can kind of picture the rest of them being really good, too, so... And I'm Colin O'Donohue's in a band. Right, I would imagine right. he can sing. Most actors, I am my uneducated opinion here. Most actors can sing or study to sing to open up more roles well, for them. Yeah, they, to get they may start plays in like, or whatever. Well, I'm sure they probably start in like high school musical yeah, theater. Yeah. If they do, then that's you know part of it. I would wager there are some actors who are actually not very good at singing. Right. They're much better at acting, and that's okay, but I can actually tell that there are a number of people who, yeah, they probably shouldn't really sing so Robert much. can dance and take his clothes off. Yes, he can. I don't know oh, if yes, he can, can sing or not. I, I, no, he can. He sang in uh, the movie... Uh, California, California Solo. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know. I still need to see pretty, that. Yeah. I haven't seen it either. Sorry, Robert. I will yeah. see that. Anyway. All right. I will continue on with yeah, Brad's do. email. Please do. I'm not sure how they could do this. Maybe a filler episode that's really a dream. And it would be a dream for Colleen. Oh, all right. I would enjoy it. As long as they don't sing Let It Go, I'll be okay. I would even take it as an extra on the Blu-ray that's not tied to the main storyline. Okay. Dude. Adam and Eddie, Brad's making good points over here, so you need to listen to totally, Brad. Totally, totally. Pretty please. Totally. Glowerhaven. Ursula tells Hook she is saving money to travel to Glowerhaven. In The Little Mermaid, there is mention of the Princess of Glowerhaven. She is an unseen character and is only mentioned once as a woman brought to Prince Eric to be considered for marriage. Excellent. Excellent detective work there. Yes, Theories, the door. What if the door is actually keeping the author locked outside of the book while at the same time keeping the whole world of Once Upon a Time inside? Hmm. Huh. Yeah. That is kind of an interesting little okay. twist on things. If, they think they're in the outside world, but they're really not. They're all inside the book. Which is, huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And it's kind of like the whole theory it's that whole thing at the end of men in black right right the aliens shooting marbles yeah mm-hmm. got it if All this right. is true a representation of who the author is may already be in storybrook the two most likely candidates could be emma the savior or henry the truest believer this would explain the extra pages as well which are illustrations that are scraped 
They were scrapped. Scrapped and didn't make it into the story, but are somehow bleeding through, which is another title of one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. The characters have now become self-aware, leading everyone to search for the same thing, the author. A somewhat similar idea was seen in Bastion from The NeverEnding Story. As he reads the book, the characters become aware of his existence. Could this be a glimpse into the final conclusion of the entire series? Possibly. Interesting. Yeah. Possibly. I never saw The NeverEnding Story. I liked the music from it, but I never actually saw the movie. So, huh, that would definitely make for an interesting ending. Yeah, we were busy in the 80s. I don't know. I, I missed it, too. I, I don't know. So, we got a list of movies we need to see, for But sure. I did see um, Labyrinth. Okay. That was kind of along the same fantasy-type movie. Labyrinth and Legend both were two of my favorites in the 80s. Jennifer Conley. Yes. I'm yes. I'm for and it. And Mia Sarah for Legend. Mia Sarah, I'm for it. Uh huh. Yeah. And See? a David Bowie character, he can sing pretty oh, good. Oh, Jareth, the Goblin yeah. King, absolutely. And then, of course, on the Legend side, you had Tom Cruise, and then also Tim Curry as the evil Dark Lord. Oh, dude, love me some Tim Curry. He's awesome. All right. So, burning questions. Squid Ink was Squid Ink used to write and paint the illustrations in the book? Very good question. And I think that could be it because that's what was used to write Emma over and over and over on that one scroll right. that was hidden that was what, in that was what Rumpel's gold, cell. Yeah, Rumpel put in his cell. But here's the thing. If squid ink was supposed to be the thing that was supposed to paralyze them, right, temporarily dis- disable Rumpel, them, yeah. it didn't disable him. Right. Or did it? Yeah. And secondly, if that's the case, then wouldn't that disable Regina, so to speak? No, I, I think I think what he's saying is the only thing we've seen used to write on things specifically was, was squid ink. So anyway. I think he's kind of thinking squid ink is powerful and magical, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. Poseidon. If Poseidon could zap the squid ink out of Ursula's hand, why not do the same thing with the shell? I totally didn't understand why a deity would be helpless to a pirate with one hand. Oh, I want to say one more thing. Yes. I loved, loved, loved that the hook was also a key. Yes. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. Sorry we that I waited so long. I should have mentioned totally, it in the view yeah. section. But no, no, we totally oh should Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. That, is, that was a brilliant, brilliant pull on there. So good. That was good. such a cool, cool so detail. So fun, so fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Okay. It was a great detail. All right. Did I miss something? Yeah. I, I, I see what you're, seeing, what you're saying. But we also Oops. kind of talked about he was very kind of undeity-ish. Yeah, he, he was one minute he was all powerful and deity, and the other minute, the next minute he's all totally cool, chill. You know, hey, what's happening? I, I don't know. I, I, but we've seen a number of things like this in this show where it's like, really, you can do that, but you can't do this kind of a thing. And then they explain it away with rules and stuff. So I, my only explanation for that is why? Well, because I think he came up from behind and surprised Ursula, whereas Hook had hold of it. And if he had even made an attempt to, you know, do it, it seems like Hook would have just been able to smash it immediately. And maybe he was worried that it was gonna it was gonna 
destroy it by zapping it out of his hand. I don't know. I'm just making up excuses because I agree with you. It's kind of silly. It's like, wait a second. What? The sea goddess. Yeah. Ursula said that she was named after the sea goddess of old. Was the gold statue that threatened Regina the real Ursula? I think it was. And it was, well, gold, copperish. Yeah. But yeah, I believe it was her. Maybe she's trapped in there. Yeah. She spoke to Regina and scolded her for right as the statue impersonating her right as the statue right not as a real person okay but right? maybe she's That's trapped inside she's of trapped there. inside yeah, the yeah. statue right she's trapped in that form but somehow managed to who knows I wonder if she will be released and maybe her happy ending will be granted <sighs> very interesting all right she was never painted as a villain. Okay, she's powerful. All right, all right. Very good. So she probably already has her happy ending, maybe. Maybe that's just the form she likes. I don't know. Well, that's it. We have no more. And what I want to do is we want to send out some big love to everybody. Yeah. Big love is so big, you can't keep it all to yourself. Take what you need. And give the rest to somebody else. That's what makes life worth living. And I want to thank everyone who supports us, who retweets us, who tells a friend or 10, who shares us on Facebook, who's liked us on Facebook. Everything that you do to help us spread the word is really, really appreciated. And we thank you so much for all that you do. And remember, there's going to be an announcement about RegalCon in the First Thoughts episode for Best Laid Plans. So don't miss it, okay? Exactly. So until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen saying bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. My music ran away. Yeah, gotta go. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.